I realized that so many women I see are working, they're side hustling. And now within the world that we live in, they're working on themselves. They're working on their relationships. They're raising children. They're doing housework. They're running a home. And at work, they even take on roles of supporting the team and its culture. So there's a lot of research around women in the workplace actually take on deeper roles of culture management and culture support than men do. So women are not only supporting the um, vibe of the home, the loving energy of the home or the feeling of the home and the peace and nurturance of being in a home, but they're also doing that at work. So it's very much in our nature to do things like that. We're very community-based. We're very communal. We're very sisterhood supportive. And they also do that in work. So not only are women taking on more at home, more in their personal lives, but they're also taking on way more in work. And then with what I do at almost 30 and being on tour for two years, I've seen this so, so much all the time. Sometimes we'll have events or I've gone to retreats or I've done you know various speaking engagements. And I can tell and see that so many women are so burnt out. They are so burnt out. It's like this capitalist hijacked femininity where we're just trying to achieve and do all of the things are making us incredibly burnt out. We had this event in Washington, D.C. It was really beautiful. Tour was the best. Almost 30 tours, the best. And we had, you know, 150, however many women, 200 women. And the speaker that we had speaking asked the women to raise their hands. They're like, how many of you are overwhelmed? Almost every woman raised her hand. How many of you are tired? Almost every woman raised her hand. How many of you are burnt out? Almost every woman raised her hand. And in that moment, I was so blown away because I realized that we all have this insatiable hunger for achievement and success, but it almost feels like it's something we're trying on and doesn't always feel like the real us because we know that it doesn't feel good to be burnt out. It doesn't feel good to be taking too much on. It doesn't feel good to be striving and trying to achieve and trying for the next thing and really moving towards that being super focused on productivity as a means for us to value ourselves. It doesn't feel good, but yet we're all really doing it and we're all really valuing this part of our experience where we think that we have to do all these things. And, you know, I've noticed too being in the entrepreneurial space. So, I was in the corporate world for eight years. Um, I've always had side hustles along the way, but now as an entrepreneur, it's like most people I know have their job. And then if they don't have a side hustle too, or if they don't have another business or another job, or if they're not in some sort of personal growth movement or something, they feel like they're doing something wrong. And we are completely burning ourselves out. And I don't, want to feel that way. I don't want to feel burnt out. I don't want to feel like I'm only valuable to society if I'm overextending myself or if I'm being productive or if I'm pushing myself to a limit. I want to feel rested. This really speaks to a desire I have for reclamation of the words that I thought were sometimes negative for describing the feminine. And when I talked previously about the cool girl, a lot of that was applying negative ideas to a lot of words that describe the feminine, whether that's soft or emotional or forgiving or tender 
or sensual or wild. I mean, how many of us have been called crazy? Like crazy is like the MO. Crazy is like the basic person's description of a woman either setting a boundary, expressing a need, (laughs) et cetera. It's like, we've all been called that. And we really need to reclaim so many different words that we've had to lose because they've been negatively connotated because they're associated with the feminine. And I want to be soft. I want to be forgiving. I want to be tender. I want to be wild and I want to be sensual. And I want to really embrace my emotionality. You know, for me, I'm someone, I'm a Pisces. I have big emotions. I'm someone that is completely a feeler. If you meet me, you know. And if you've a part of our community, you know. And I've always felt like that part of me was really bad. And that part of me needed to almost be exiled from my experience because I didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't really understand like, how do, what do I do with emotionality? How do I capitalize on my emotions? How do I make money from being emotional? How do I, I know that it actually distracts me from work. So I thought my being emotions, that feminine part of us that feels was really bad. And the other day I was talking to my mom and we were talking about something growing up and she's like, yeah, I remember you took some testing. There was a lot of testing that they did and the test was for creativity and you scored off the charts on creativity. She's like, I had a few teachers call me, the principal called me, you know, there's multiple people that called me to talk about what we should do about your test results for being creative. And she said, but I didn't know what to do with that because how do you make a life from that? And that just reminded me so deeply of all these different qualities that so many of us have, all these different aspects to our being that so many of us have that because we don't know how to make money from them or we don't know how to commodify them, we exile them or see them as bad or see them as not worthy or see them as pointless. And in that moment, my creativity, which is so special and which is so much a part of me, we didn't know or they didn't know how to commodify really in a way. So it never became something that was um, supported, facilitated, or nurtured as part of my experience. And I'm sure... So many of you can relate to that where you have these gifts and these talents, but it doesn't fit into the paradigm that exists today that is changing, of course. And so sometimes it feels like, what do I do with this? What do I do with this desire to knit or this desire to create or do pottery or garden or you know, be with my animals or do all of these beautiful, soft, creative, experiential, sensual things They feel like they don't matter because I can't make money from them. And that's what I'm talking about where we have this idea where something is not good or worthy when it is feminine because we cannot make money from it because we're so stuck in this capitalistic idea of what is good and what is right and what is valuable. It seems to me in my experience that capitalism has really created this artificial table of valuations that marks, you know, the traditional role of man as inherently superior, a place that women are really kept from and therefore must reach towards because they're higher, because we love a good hierarchy, because humans, we love putting things in hierarchies, mostly because capitalism makes us believe that the highest value thing is to make money. So the men get the highest spot because we're taught to believe that the most high value thing you can do is make money. And for women then, we're striving to achieve all of the high value things, aka make money, because we're so inherently ingrained in capitalistic ideas. 
So the modern capitalism-led feminist that I mentioned previously, which is a term that I'm using for this experience or this energy, sees the male tasks as providing for and defending the family as preferable to the female tasks of nurturing and maintaining the family. So in this case, when I'm talking about oftentimes where I'll see women shaming or um, guilting women that want to stay home, that want to raise a family, this modern capitalistic idea of feminism sometimes leads us to shame and guilt them because we have this idea that the male tasks of providing for the family, having jobs, getting raises, climbing up the ladder, and making money are more superior than the women's tasks to stay at home and raise a family. And when we really think about it, there's nothing more valuable for us to do than to raise kids. Our future generations are the most important thing. And so I think we all know or are accustomed to or maybe have been exposed to ideas around the way that we value things in the world are not exactly as they should be. So water, as an example, we are made of water. It is so important to us. It is pretty easy accessible and it is pretty inexpensive, but it's very, very valuable to us. Clean air, very, very valuable. Very accessible in some ways. And we do not value a woman for raising the family, for creating the home, for really setting up future generations of humans to continue our species. We are so caught up in the capitalistic view of what is value that we now have women believing that there's more value in being at work, in being the provider, in being the defender of the family. And now women are constantly reaching towards those next levels of success that within capitalism, again, we're never really there. You never really achieve it. It never ends. It's a wheel. It never ends. You always want more. There's always more to be had. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.